Welcome to FileMaker Off the Record. You're listening to Thomas and Teresa of Profile Developers, discussing all things FileMaker for developers and power users. Hey, welcome to Off the Record. How you doing, Teresa? I'm not Teresa. Oh, right. Crap. <laughs> so today we have Beth Latta from IT Solutions. Yes. How you doing, Beth? I'm doing fine, thanks. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. Good. So we're doing a podcast today. I understand that. And we're going <laughs> <laughs> to talk about things we used to have to do. I guess it's a good thing you invited me then, because uh, we've both been doing this for close to 30 years, so we remember the good old days, or not so good old days, of yeah. FileMaker. Yeah, when I was reviewing the features that used to not exist. Is that a thing? Sure. <laughs> um, I was shocked how long we worked without things. Yeah, there are so many things we take for granted now. You just couldn't do them before. You had to find creative ways to do things. Which I think was good. Yeah. Good way to learn. But before we get into that, we got an email. We did. We did. We got an email from a listener, Jerry. Who, Hi, Jerry. Who I think you know. I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry made a couple of comments. Aside from the burnt almond tort at Prantles, which if you're in the Pittsburgh area, I highly recommend. He talked about the design functions that we talked about last time. He mentioned that particularly the field IDs mm -hmm. which is particularly useful because that's what's reported in the top calls log. Mm -hmm. So using the DDR, you can track down the field IDs. Yes. So very useful stuff. Thank you, Jerry. Another thing that he mentioned was I had said I put sometimes we'll put a script number, the script ID number. Oh, the script ID number, and not the error code. Not the error code okay. into a dialogue so that the dialogue might say something went wrong. You can tell the developer error one, two, three. Right. Which is really the script ID. And Jerry mentioned that many times when he gets calls reporting an error, it's it's broken. Like literally, that's the whole... <laughs> Right. I was trying to do my job, and it's broken. Uh, or they'll say, I didn't read the message. A message came up, but I didn't yeah, read it. Yeah, a message it. came up, and I, you know, whatever. Yeah, we have lots of customers who do that sort of thing. Sure. That's uh, why I like to put multiple dialogue boxes on really important steps. So or, it's sort of, if they ignored the first one, I give an, are you really, really sure? <laughs> Sometimes I'll swap the buttons around. Mm -mm. So the one that they're used to hitting for cancel won't cancel. It'll just bring up another one saying, hey, why did you click that button? You know, knowing right. that it was just supposed to dismiss the dialogue. And Yeah, that could probably like be that. A, a whole podcast in itself about ways to help users help themselves. Having the error dialogues come up is good. Uh, another thing that's an excellent is to create an error log that mm -hmm. this stuff gets logged automatically. So whenever the error, the, if the user says something went wrong, you can go check the log and find out, oh, this error was created. So you can track it down that way. And then the other is to have the system send an email to the developer when errors come up. Yes. Any of those are good. Lots of good ideas, good things to do. That's the beauty of FileMaker is there's always more than one way to do something. You just have to figure out what makes the most sense for that situation. I'm going to pick a couple of features from each version going backwards so that we can talk about things we might have used to have to do. Sure. Things we might have had to used to have. 
things so we're we gonna used talk to have to do. <laughs> right. Take two. All right. So FileMaker 17, when FileMaker 17 came out, it gave us uh, master detail. Yes. Which that saved us from creating some really complex relationships. Just dealing with the with the fact that the master detail list shows the found set. That's where it got a little bit a little bit heavy in the work that you had to do. Right, keeping track of what records. Keeping track of the records and sorting and getting back to them being on the correct record in the list, all of those kinds of things you couldn't do easily in any earlier version. Right. So that's something that most developers out there have had to deal with. If they needed a master detail list, we'd do it often using a virtual list because that gave you a little bit more flexibility in the sorting and in the sorting options. Default fields. Now, I only put that one, not that that was particularly hard to deal with, but it was irritating that this wasn't there in version three. Right. <laughs> because it, it, every table should, at the very least, have a unique primary key and the creation account and timestamp and modification account and timestamp. I mean, there's every table all the time since the beginning of time should have had that. I can't tell you the number of databases that I work on that, you know, I've inherited from somebody else. We get from another developer or the client built it themselves and we have to start working with it. And there are all these tables that don't have that core information. And, and it's just, it's critical information that should be in every table. And you're right, it should have always been there. Yeah. Dealing with it wasn't hard because it was a copy and paste or just recreate them, whatever. But well, wasn't always a copy or paste. That, <laughs> I'm not back that far, but you're no. right. Right. <laughs> no, we used to have to manually do it every yeah. single time. So, okay. So that was 17. Six, and I know there's more and there's lots of features. Uh, FileMaker 16 gave us cards. Card windows. Which is yes. brilliant. Really, really brilliant. The way that I did something like this a long time ago, which I think this is what everyone did, you would duplicate the layout, mm -hmm. turn off all the field entry, <laughs> <laughs> when create, you could, a, create, yes. a, create a translucent graphic overlay, put that over top, and then add your new stuff. And your white box and your white <laughs> with your <laughs> things that should be in focus. Right. All of that overhead, all of those objects, all of the risk for problems and mistakes one thing that i i like i like the end result because it worked very very similar to a card window mm -hmm. but if you make some sort of dramatic changes to the primary layout then you had to go and make all those changes to the secondary layout exactly. as well just to get the space so it didn't things don't jump by a couple pixels or appear and disappear and right you you need that consistency when you go from layout to layout if you had to make it in one place, you'd have to make that same change everywhere, Ugh. even if it wasn't an entry screen for your user. So yeah, that's definitely all kinds of headaches that went away instantly with the creation of a card window. Yeah, huge. FileMaker 15, the only feature I wrote down, <laughs> and I'm sure FileMaker 15 had a lot more than this, but was the concealed edit box. That was really cool. I loved being able to have the user type and see the dots, which was very consistent for entering a password, for example, so that you didn't have to play games to conceal that information. Do you remember what we used to have to do? Because we had to do it so often. Mm -hmm. Anytime you had anything like a password or 
maybe you also want not necessarily while you're entering it but you have social security or partial social security numbers or partial credit card numbers something like that where you wanted to dot out a section of them one of the ways that i remember doing it was there was a little trick you could do using two fields and as the one was a calculated field of the other so as you would type the calculated one would throw up characters oh god um, but there was there was another way with um, fonts. Yes. You used to have to use wingdings or webdings or whatever the name of that font was. If if you changed the font to that, then the user could type their password. And unless you knew that the little, you know, airplane symbol or box or whatever the, the different graphics were represented certain letters, you couldn't easily tell what that was. It wasn't secure by any stretch. It was also dependent on those fonts being installed or else it wasn't going to work. And there was also to shrink the font down to five points, mm-hmm. which none, none of was remotely perfect, not even close. Yeah. That was a nice time-saving feature. Definitely. And it just makes the solution look more professional. It does. FileMaker 14, when we got the button bar... Oh, I love button bars. Oh, God, I love button bars. (laughs) I use button bars almost exclusively. There's still times I use buttons, but it's really rare. I'll Mm -hmm. almost always use a button bar because I like it and all those extra features. Right. I mean, the the big thing about the button bar versus just a plain button is you can calculate the words, you you know, whatever the button says. Mm -hmm. On just a button, you still have to literally type exit or whatever the the command is on the button you there's no dialogue or there's no script engine behind it so it's literal text as long as you use a button bar even for a single button you can calculate what that button says which that, can save a lot of time and, and layout objects that and the spacing which the first time i used a button bar i was actually annoyed at the spacing that like i would have two buttons next to each other and if one is using hide object one 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 of the buttons goes away then the other one stretches out and i'm like oh i didn't want it to stretch out i wanted it half the size well shrink the whole thing down to half the size and then you get exactly what you want like it's yes you know once you understand of course it works the way it works it it's perfect the way it works yeah in combination with hiding objects the button bars and the hide objects together just really save a ton of time and energy especially in tweaking and making changes. Yeah. FileMaker 14 also gave us infield labels or placeholder text. Yes. And we've been doing placeholder text forever. Right. But you had to do it with a literal label stacked on top of a field. Yeah. And that was always a bad way to do it because if you were in the field, you couldn't see the label and you had to size everything, place everything, move everything. Just a lot of overlapping and nightmares. Dealing with stacked objects was always a little bit annoying. Sometimes we'd put the labels behind. We'd do a transparent field Mm -hmm. and put the label behind, which was good. But if that continues to show so that you can see it as you type, well, it's literally still there as you type. Which is very distracting to the eye to be, you know, seeing the label and what you're typing. Yeah. FileMaker 14 gave us the script workspace. The way we write scripts changed. Mm-hmm. True. Which was amazingly huge, right? That's that's when we got the actual scripting that we have now. Yes. Like that we can actually type. We couldn't type 
you couldn't type your script. No. You had to... It was to all click point, and... Point and click. And you had to drag them up and down. and But, but you couldn't type. There was no option for that, which is baffling. But when they did that, that was a gigantic change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't get used to anything so quickly. <laughs> it was like learning to breathe. It's like, oh, your breathing is great. Right. <laughs> what right. It seemed so natural that? once it existed. <laughs> like, how did, we, how did we survive before that? When I had to go back to a previous version and write a script with that, you know, because there'd still be users on those. Right. Uh, it, it was, I, I was baffled. Like, yeah. We did this? Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. You'd have to remember how to do something again in the old way. So there's developers out there who have only been developing since version 14 who have only ever developed with the script workspace as it is now. Telling them that you can't type. <laughs> <laughs> you can't type. What do you in mean your you script. can't type? <laughs> how do you write a script without typing? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, I I can picture people, if anybody listens to this, (laughs) I can picture people in their cars just shaking their heads. (laughs) Yeah. So FileMaker 13, we're back to 2013. So this is anybody that's been developing for more than five or six years. That's when we got the slide control. Yes. Which the only way to do a slide control before that, well, first of all, there was no slide. No, no slide at all. But... We would do a tab control and make the tabs basically invisible. You can get them down to one pixel right? and get rid of the line mm-hmm. and stack them real close to each other, which they were still clickable if somebody knew where they were. Yeah. It's hard to believe. Or we... you accidentally clicked in that area. Then your interface would change. Right. Without knowing why. So popovers. Popovers. We're, I love popovers. Yeah. Well, faking those before would have been... A new layout. Or a tab control that was hidden. Yes. And just have it go to a different tab panel. But it's not a popover, not even right. close. But you could sort of get the same information out. It'd be a way to display some other fields or mm-hmm. some other information that you couldn't see otherwise. Undo, redo changes on the layouts, even after saving. Oh, yeah. So what did you do before that? (laughs) Nothing. You cried a lot. (laughs) You spent extra hours rebuilding the things that you destroyed. Yeah. We would duplicate layouts often. Yes. So I would have like maybe three or four previous versions in case there was something I needed to roll back to. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you forgot to duplicate it and then you made changes, you were just stuck. Redo it all. No undo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing in FileMaker 13, by far my favorite feature in the past five versions, maybe this in cards, is hide object when. Oh, yes. Yes. When it comes down to what did you do before? What did you have to do? Oh, my God. Everything. (laughs) Like half my development time was spent trying to figure out how to do things like that. Right. How to conceal something that you needed it to be there, but you only wanted it to be seen during certain times. But the the most important thing about hide object when was that if a hide condition triggers, that object is not there to the user anymore. The old tricks, if you did something to create a box to put over something or whatever, if it was a button and you move the cursor over that space, you could still click that button. 
And if the button had, you know, the cursor changes to a hand, you'd see a hand over a blank space now in the old tricks. Yeah. Or, or if you just clicked anywhere, even by accident. And, you know, to commit a record, you, you tell people, click in some white space. Well, that looks like white space now because there's an invisible box there. I'm going to click there. Wait, that was actually a button and something just happened. Yeah. But with hide object when, it was gone. If they clicked there, it was okay because they weren't clicking some invisible thing. The only thing that would sort of do it nicer is the disappearing portal trick. Yeah. Which... If you put a button inside a portal that was built on a relationship and the relationship was not valid, then the button actually wouldn't be there. Right. But now you you have to create relationships and manage those. And you've just blown else. the mind of people who are like, do what? Create a portal and a, a bad relationship? Yeah. yeah. Those are the kinds of tricks we had to do in the good old days. Yeah. Oh, I like that feature a lot. If you wanted text to disappear. Mm-hmm. One of the first tricks most people come up with on their own is, well, I'll just make the text color the same color as the background. Right? Uh-huh. And that would work unless there was, unless you're dealing with stacked objects. Yeah. Or you change the color of something. Or if you've got the alternating background turned on so oh. that your opposite <laughs> rows, you know, That's are right. slightly shaded. Yeah. Then in the rows that have that little bit of a tint, you can see, you know, some white text there. Yeah. And that would just look really bad. Really bad. <laughs> then someone t- told me this one. I think it was at a DevCon. And they're like, oh, just change the point size of the text to 500. Mm-hmm. Because then it'll be too big to show right. in the little space. Which, and I'm like, wow, that, that really works well. And then in one of my solutions, I had a text block that was maybe six lines high and maybe 30 or 40 characters wide. Not huge but you know like an address Mm -hmm. if you blow that up to 500 depending on what the very first character is a chunk of that character can show up in that space so i would get a call saying there's this black triangle you know (laughs) it's like two inches across and it's the it's the upper part of an eye or something like that so not a perfect solution right and hide object when problem solved absolutely we did that so often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was kind of the industry standard trick. So now what we're down to, FileMaker 12. We, that's, oh my God. So we got Windows. <laughs> <laughs> we got window styles, which yeah. doesn't sound like too big a deal. We got f- floating windows, mm-hmm. which are nice to have. Yeah. And we got modal, which we didn't have. This is FileMaker 12. This is 2012. We've been developing mm-hmm. since, you, you and I, since around 1990. I don't know how many years there are between 1990 and 2012. <laughs> I don't think anybody does. <laughs> but <laughs> that's a long time <laughs> to be developing without a modal window. Yeah. So do you remember dealing how to deal with that? I don't remember. I mean, anything like that was just lots of layouts. Pausing. Pausing, that's right. Yeah. You'd run a script and you'd put a pause in the script. And if the script is paused, you can't access any other windows. Right. You, you're stuck in file. Uh, you know, I mean, you can, on, a, on the operating system, you could switch to another application or something. But within FileMaker, you're, that's it. You are stuck. Unless yeah. you have access. So within the layout that you're on, you need some 
button to continue to the, script, the script, to resume right. the script, or if the user had access to the status area, mm-hmm. there's a button a there. A little continue button. A little continue button to continue the script. If they had access to that, they could get out of it without dealing with the modal that you're looking at. Right. And if they didn't have access to it, they might have to force quit the program because there's there was just no other way. That's right. See, things like this, I repress these memories because they're so traumatic. (laughs) (laughs) I had forgotten those are the tricks we had to play. Because 20 years of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just remarkable. Way too long. So so this, which is not a huge, huge feature in 12, but the screen stencils. Oh, right. Where you can kind of outline the dimensions of certain layouts yeah so this i i want these dimensions or i want to see what the dimensions of an ipad or you know right. anything like this. i remember what we used to do tell me what we used to do <laughs> we used to draw a rectangle <laughs> the size of what you thought the resolution was gonna be you know so it might be you know what 680 by <laughs> 800 or whatever and uh you position that you and know. you'd probably lock it, and then you you'd, know, hope, you'd, you'd, hope you'd, you'd draw, you'd put all of your objects within that space so that when your users got that solution, it was going to fit within their viewing area. I remember yeah. doing that so much. I would have a, a default, whenever I'd create a new file, I would create a couple of layouts that were just that <laughs> sizer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, name the layouts 640 by 480. Yep. Oh, my goodness. We also got, finally, get UUID. Yes. Which some of us had been doing for a while anyway. We just use a custom the function. random ID custom function. <laughs> yeah. And that worked fine. That, that actually... It worked. You had to know how to do it. You had to have read it somewhere. Someone had to teach you. It was not a native FileMaker thing. Yeah. So not that hard to work around, but nice when it was there. But the thing about that too, though, is that helped people get away from auto-enter serial numbers as keys. Yes. You know, which was really important because once you had this function to choose, people realized that they didn't have to use the auto enter serial number. Some people realize that. <laughs> yeah, some still use it. I still, I was, I mentioned that before too. There's yeah. solutions I still run into today where you go in and this, there's a field, maybe it's called serial. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is, is, you know, up to 11,326, you know. Yeah. And dealing with that whole process, especially when you update a version that you had to remember to update the next serial number mm-hmm. or else you get duplicates. And... and before we had the function, which I actually don't remember what version that function came out or those functions for get and set the serial numbers, we had to remember as developers to do that manually. We had to literally, every table that had a serial number, we had to go find what the highest number was, open up the definition and increment that number manually manually there weren't functions to do that originally filemaker 11 gave us quick find so we didn't have a single field to search everything on the layout so finds were just done like normal filemaker finds right which could be a nightmare depending on what you were looking for especially if you had somebody build your solution who didn't have a good data model you'd have to search through all kinds of 
places to find something. It'd be a complex where... script. <clears throat> yeah. Or one of the things that, again, was mentioned at a DevCon was they're like, oh, I just create a field that's a merge of all the fields that I want to <laughs> search. And then I would just search that one field. And we know how efficient that would have been. <laughs> that was what we used to have to do yeah portal filtering came in 11 and that just saved us complex relationships you'd be basing relationships off of globals and be particular about what's in the global and right and have it filter down that way filemaker 10 i put script triggers because they're huge (laughs) and as far as i know for the most part the only way we dealt with that was Either we wouldn't, yeah, <laughs> or, or we'd use a plugin. There mm-hmm. were, jeez, uh, right. there were several plugins that gave us script triggers. That just changed development. I mean, that changed. Yeah, the script triggers definitely changed a lot because you just had so much more control over everything that you did. That was huge. Yeah, the workaround was basically use a plugin, mm-hmm. or develop differently, or have lots of buttons for people to click. Right. There was always a, whenever I would have a search field, there was always a little go mm-hmm. or search or something next to it. So they'd type in whatever their search is and hit the button and the search would trigger. It was yeah, just... it, it would require a lot of user instruction, whether it was on the screen for them to follow or teach your people how to use the system. But script triggers definitely helped with a lot of that. Made, it, made things work the mm-hmm. way people expected them to work at the time. Yeah. Insert tab order, I believe, what this is. So whenever you bring up your tab order, Mm -hmm. if you had added a field in the middle of a list of other fields, what you can do is you can click on that and you change its spot 58 and you want it to be 9. So you make it 9 and all the rest below it or beyond Mm -hmm. it adjust. Right. Yeah, that didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) What happened was if you change that to nine, whatever was nine changes to, I don't know, 53 or mm-hmm. something. So you had to wipe your tab order out and yeah. go through and reset every tab item. And we were using multiple layers. and Right. And you'd have to move everything over so you could see what was behind it. Yeah. Oh, right. That was just so time. And we had to do it so often. Yeah. Just because of something little like that, so much time was spent making adjustments to tab orders you'd put out a new solution or an update and you'd get a call i don't know where the cursor is it's not you know because right. oh, i forgot it didn't to... go to the next spot where i expected it to go yeah. i forgot to redo the tab order on that mm-hmm. layout tooltips tooltips were a cool feature they were so one of the ways i dealt with that was i did an overlay on the layout itself i would lay containers that had arrows in the image Mm -hmm. so whenever you would click a button those would fill because they'd be global so you'd set them and they would show information about the layout that you're on i don't know that i'm describing that real well but we didn't have (laughs) tooltips no we didn't have tooltips there was a plugin i think two for you software had it i didn't use a lot of plugins i was often afraid of plugins because i was afraid that something would change and it would make my solution break so i used very few plugins so we would also put a little exclamation point or a little question mark or something right. like that that would be clickable and when you click it a dial literally a dialogue would come up mm-hmm. and that would be your tooltip that would give you the information right how awkward was that <laughs> And, it, you know, multiple clicks for the user. Or the old-fashioned create a whole set of layouts that were 
help screens and you'd click that little button and it would take you to the layout that would tell you how you were supposed to do something. Yeah. And then you'd have to come back to where you were. Tooltips took a lot of that extra stuff, made it unnecessary. FileMaker 10 is also when we got the top status bar area. Instead of being down the side. Instead of it being down the side. Yeah, it's funny. Until you start strolling down memory lane like this, you forget about those things. It used to all be down the side. That's right. I remember one of the complaints when they first came up with the top status bar is there were developers that were complaining because monitors are getting wider and wider. So why not keep it on the left? Because that doesn't lose real estate. I mean, right. you know, there's there's so much more real estate, but top to bottom you lose it. I personally didn't see because I almost always hide it anyway. <laughs> so that's how I dealt with it. It gave FileMaker so much more space to work with. We used to be able to see so little of the layout name. Yes. When it was a side status area, you'd get, what, seven or eight characters, maybe? Yeah, maybe ten at the most. Yeah. All little tools stacked up in a little rectangle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so 10 also gave us find mode shows indicators in the fields. Yeah, the little magnifying glass the, the little... icon in every box. Yeah. So you could actually tell that you weren't doing data entry yeah. before you hit the 11th record. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So many times you would get calls from people saying, mm -hmm. I, I entered these records and they just disappeared. They're just not there. And they entered them while they were in find mode, not knowing they were in find mode because find mode looked exactly identical. like browse mode. To right. Browse mode. One of the things that we would do is because we could detect find mode. So whenever they would click a button to go into find mode, you could set a global field to you are now in find mode right. or something a little Right, some sort of message. Enter your search criteria. Yeah, right. Type your search criteria, then and, press enter or something. red letters. Right, exactly. Duplicate the layout, go to a go layout to a where all layout. the fields are outlined in red. Or you have a scaled down set of fields and don't let them search everything. Right, which was, that was the best. Mm -hmm. I think at the time that was probably the best solution was whenever right. you're doing a search, it goes to a specific search layout. And it doesn't matter if you're, you know, you could program it for whether you're in find mode or whether you're just using globals and they're filling them in and then right. scripting the whole find. FileMaker 9 gave us conditional formatting. Yes. I, I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank how I dealt with anything without conditional formatting. What did we do? I mean, we probably did more layering and hiding tricks. Yeah, I I'm, guess so. I'm trying to go back that far and dust off my brain. We just didn't do a lot of things yeah. that we can do now because there was no easy way to do it. Yeah. I... Didn't we write calculations to display things differently if we wanted to instead of conditional formatting? And use text formatting functions. Gosh, I'm trying to remember now when the text formatting functions even arrived. Okay, we'll just kind of leave that one hanging, I guess. <laughs> if any of our listeners have a thought about ways that they used to deal with situations prior to conditional formatting, please send it to us in an email at offtherecord at profiledevelopers.com. Auto resize I put in just because uh, there was nothing we could do. Virtually. There's virtually nothing you can do without auto resize. The screen size was the screen size. You could change your zoom level. Right. But beyond that, stretching did nothing. Wait, so that's when anchors were yeah. put yeah. into place? Okay, wow. I guess that's another one of those things that 
I take for granted now because I, I put them in everything. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. We couldn't change anything. FileMaker 8. We're getting back there. Tab controls. Yes. And again, this is 2005. So, I mean, it has been a while now. Yeah. For 15 years, we developed without, without tab controls. Yeah. We would fake the tab controls. We would draw boxes that looked like tab controls. If you had five tabs, you had five layouts. <laughs> That's right. And you had to be pixel perfect, and a lot of people weren't. So clicking that tab would take you to another layout that was identical in every way, except for the contents of what should be on that tab. Oh, and if you made any change to the area outside of the tab, you had to either copy and paste every object and precisely put it onto those layouts or just make five new layouts again and replace the tab section because it was so much work keeping all those layouts in sync. Yeah, you got fast at developing layouts. Yeah, and files got really fat. Yeah, I remember doing that a lot. You create your five layouts because you have five tabs going across the top. Mm -hmm. Each one is a button running a script to go to the other layout. Right. And then six months later, <laughs> we need a sixth tab. <laughs> <laughs> it uh -huh. was not a matter of change. Oh, I'll just add another tab, you know. Right. Resize all the tabs. Right. Manually, because they're mm -hmm. all just buttons. Right. Not button bars. No, because that didn't happen yet. And it was layered with text because it was a, it wasn't a button. It was a well, yeah, it might have been a button. Wow, when did we get button text? That's a good question. We yeah. would layer text over top. A lot of That's work. Right, you had to a lot of work. <clears throat> you had to resize everything: the text, the box, and if you did the graphics too with your buttons, you had a picture and text on top of a That's button. Right. That's right. Yeah, you'd have your icons. Yeah. Your JPEGs mm -hmm. <laughs> before. Before we had pings. <laughs> Tab controls, that was definitely one of the landmark additions to the platform. It's when it started feeling more real. We got the ability in FileMaker 8 to copy and paste things. Copy and paste fields, tables, script steps. Yes. All that kind of stuff, which just sped up development immensely. If you were in advanced. If you were in advanced, right. Calendar dropdowns. Right. Oh, was that really as far back as eight? Yeah. It feels like that's more recent, but I guess I guess it has been around for a while. Before that, geez, if you wanted a calendar to drop oh. down from a field, you had a button that would probably take you to another layout or else do some convoluted portal trick Yeah. to display a clickable calendar or create another window. That was that was another way to do it, which you could only do back so many versions. That would be a way is create a window with a calendar, and that would come up, and and that wouldn't be modal. Right. Open up the calendar, pause the script whenever they would click on one of the dates, mm -hmm. then have that go. And you had to draw all these things. It was a lot of work. Autocomplete. Wow. Again, that's I feel like that's not been around as long as it has, but it's another one of those things I take for granted. Do you remember how you dealt with it prior? Oh, those old calculations with all of the separate characters in a return separated list. That was also a lot of work. Set variable came in FileMaker 8, so we didn't have variables. No, no variables. No variables. I mean, what would we do without variables? Now I can't even imagine not having variables. Learn how to use access. But <laughs> 
bite your tongue. Switch yeah. platforms. No variables. Yeah, variables were huge. The way around it primarily was global, global fields. Global fields, yeah. Just use global fields for everything. Mm-hmm. FileMaker 8 gave us a checkbox in the go to related record dialogue that was, do you want to go to the related record for the current record or for the found set? And people stood up and applauded at DevCon (laughs) when they announced that checkbox. But the way to deal with it before was grab the information, go to the other layout, enter find. Perform the find. Perform the find and get your stuff. So FileMaker 7 uh, was the FP7, which was a huge release. See, this is where I think that people who have been developing for 10 years are maybe not going to believe us. (laughs) They're just spoiled. <laughs> because <laughs> FileMaker 7 gave us multiple tables per file. Yes, yeah, say that again. Multiple tables per file. What do you mean by that, Thomas? Right. This did a whole bunch of things. And one thing <laughs> that it did was change terminology. Yes. Which, which was better, much better. Mm-hmm. Because table and file were synonymous. Up until until version 7. Yes. So I still get people today who've been amateur developers, Mm in-house developers, who just toy with it and have been doing so for 30 years. Right. And they'll say, well, in this file, I have this. And I'm like, in that file? File? (laughs) And and they mean table Mm -hmm. because they've actually maybe merged them together. What did you do before? What did you do? What did you do before multiple tables per file? Build a lot of extra hours. <laughs> Every file was its own table. So if you had addresses, there was an address file. And if you had phone numbers, there was a phone number file. And if you had invoices, there was an invoice file, but also an invoice line items file. Right. They were all files. And you had to manage accounts across all of those files. Oh, managing the accounts was a bear. Yeah. So one of the worst things of pre-7 was FileMaker developers, because we had to manage those files, and we were limited in the number of files yes. that we could have hosted at any one time mm-hmm. or open within Pro. Yes. Uh, it was a... I was going to say it's a decently high number for the time, 50 or... 50, uh, right. 50 files you could have open at one time. So if you think of a solution now that has 50 tables, how big is that? You know, it's a decent size. That's nothing special. Mm -hmm. But whenever you got to the 51st file, now you have to manage which files are open. Right. So whenever they're dealing with this thing, invoice line items is my 51st file. Well, you know what? I have to go close... Something else. Something else. So what that did was it encouraged FileMaker developers to not create a new table if they didn't have to. If you right. could work around creating a new table, you would do that because you don't want another fi- in, a, in a larger solution. Mm-hmm. Oh, we should add a, a table for phone numbers and a join and wait. Nope. Too many tables. Yeah. Okay. Let's just put, you know, so it, it, it was anti-normalization mm-hmm. and it trained us to be anti-normalized because that was it was so hard to deal with it otherwise so whenever we got to seven you want more tables and narrower tables we would go towards wide because it was just perhaps not worth dealing with at times yeah that that was a different lifetime before seven 
but I, I say managing accounts. Uh, prior to seven, we didn't have accounts. No. But files did have passwords. Right. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a joke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no accounts. Yeah. It was just passwords. And yeah. everybody would share them anyway. We got the relationship graph. <laughs> Do you remember how to set up relationships before the relationship graph? Oh, there was so much. So I was on a uh, FileMaker discussion group online. I think we would write on postcards and mail them to each other because <laughs> there was no internet. No. <laughs> there were some developers that have been doing this for a long time that missed the list view of relationships because that's what your relationships were. There was a you, every file was related to another file or itself because you mm -hmm. could you could do a, you could do a self relation and your options for what the relationship was built on was equals. Yeah, that that was it. <laughs> you didn't have any other choice. This field equals this field. That's the mm -hmm. relationship, right? Ah, uh, yeah. The best I can remember. I can picture that dialogue box in my head where you had to select from each side. And so on the discussion groups, there were people who were very upset that that list was gone. And the response from FileMaker engineers and such was, you can't see this in a list. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't translate. Right. And there were developers who were fighting that, saying, "Here, here's a way you could do it. And nothing worked, because <laughs> you can't. It doesn't, right. it doesn't make sense. Well, and in that dialogue, too, if your files were long names, you couldn't even see them either. You couldn't see the whole... Oh, my God, I forgot about that. You couldn't see the whole name to make sure you were matching things properly either. Yeah. More more head shaking in cars. That's <laughs> <laughs> Script parameters. Yes. Before script parameters, there were so many times I had a solution where you're looking at a list of companies. Okay. And you want to filter those. So you had a list of buttons across the top, A through Z. Yes. And <laughs> you click one of those buttons and that would do a search for all the A companies, the B companies, the C companies. Mm -hmm. And you would have 26 scripts, 26 yes. individual scripts, your A script, your, your B, B script. script. Yes. There was absolutely no other way to do it because there was no way for the script to know which button was clicked. Right. Other than this is the script that's running. That's right. So script parameter saved us and let us write one script and then do the search based on the parameter of that button. Yeah. So you'd still have a long script because it would be if parameter equals A, do this find if it equals B. Right. It ruined interfaces previously. Yes. To have these long bars of options. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And sometimes you'd even break it down further you know, force people to do, you know, A through D or E through F or something. Yeah. Just because it was too much work to do <laughs> everything separately. So many scripts. And we didn't have script folders. Mm -mm. There was no, you know, No way to organize. It was long just list. really long list. Yeah. How did we survive these dark times? The solutions. I, I remember going to DevCons pre-FileMaker 7 yeah. and watching people put, you know, some sample solutions up or we were looking at design in a design session and the solutions were elegant mm -hmm. and functional and beautiful. You'd sit there thinking, how much time did it, it take them to do that? Yeah. There were some absolutely 
fantastic developers back then who are still working now and yeah. making even better stuff. It, it was amazing what they were able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So whenever you have one, one table per file, you couldn't have two windows for one file. So if you were looking at contacts in the contacts file mm-hmm. in a list, you, you couldn't have another window with a list of contacts like that. Right. You, you or the detail that. of one contact from that list. Right. And anytime you wanted a list view, you had to go to that file because I, I did a separation model in version three or four. So it used a lot of portals. And anytime you had to go to a list, I had started with just trying to do portals. And there's your list in a portal, but they were just too slow, way too slow. Whatever. And not useful for printing if you needed to print right. oh, the list. Oh, yeah. yeah, useless. Completely useless. I would have to script it so it would run a script. Your scripts were in different files. So you would run a script in the other file to have that window come forward and go to the list view and find the set you want and sort them the way you want. Whenever mm-hmm. you click a button there, it runs a script in the interface file to grab the record you want and set a global so that it can make the relationship so that it could... Because you couldn't pass a parameter. Oh my God. <laughs> right? No. <laughs> script parameters came in seven. There, It's on the list. Look at that. Relationships. This is what seven gave us. <laughs> and this is abbreviated. It gave list. us life. It gave us. <laughs> it gave us hope. Yeah. <laughs> it gave us a lot more than this, but it gave us multiple tables per file, accounts and passwords, relationship graph, complex relationships, something other than equals, multiple windows per file, script parameters, custom functions. Yeah. That's a short list. Yeah. That's Seven. after more than a decade of developing. Mm-hmm. We got that. Yep. So we would use multi-keys. That was one of the ways we got around the relationship issue. Right. If you wanted to show a portal of invoices totaled properly for a specific month, Mm -hmm. then you would create a text field that would have every date of the month. Right. like that. Yes. And we would also do exploded keys for searching. Mm -hmm. So for filtering a portal... If the field had Thomas in it, if that's that's what you're searching, but we wanted it, you would have a text field with the first line is T, the second line is TH, the third line is THO, so that the relationships would work. Right. We did that all the time. Yeah. All the time. And I remember having these exploded date ranges, hugely long text fields full of nothing but dates so that... Just your, so you could make a relationship work. So that work. you could make a relationship work. That's what we used to have to do. Yes. We would have to crank the engine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So FileMaker 6 gave us <laughs> gave us custom dialogues. <laughs> so we had show message. Right. Before that. But custom dialogue. And show message was, the difference was everything was hard-coded. Right. Again, no calculation engine behind the actual message. I don't believe you had control over the title bar. Mm-mm. I think I it was don't think. just the text. And there was more than one button, I believe. I think they've always had multiple buttons. three buttons. Yeah. I think. But, you know, it's been a long time. I want to believe there have always <laughs> been three buttons. <laughs> there might have been two and it went to three, but I think it was always three because you kind of always had a two choices and a, a cancel. Yeah. The ability to have at least that much. So in a, in a well-designed, elegant solution, you would have multiple 
show messages mm -hmm. so that you could give the proper message because you had to hard code them all right to give the proper message to the end user it would create multiple message dialogues we also got the debugger now yeah. programming without a debugger pause was our friend yeah that's that was it that was all we could do pause you'd, you'd write a script you'd put a pause you'd put a show message, show message right to, to say what to steps say, uh, i just did this yeah i would i remember so this many times worked. putting in show message and the messages one two three just mm -hmm. a number to let you know because you could drop them in real quick right. although you had to drag them over because you couldn't mm -hmm. copy and paste depending what message came up you'd know how far you got in the script before it crapped out on you and do you remember how we used to disable those steps in the script because we didn't have the ability to disable a script step <laughs> if one equals two oh, we would have to put that around anything we didn't want to run yeah and tuck things into those if statements filemaker 5 gave us resizable dialog boxes on defined fields and script definitions and all that kind of stuff yeah. So the way we was... dealt with it was a lot of scrolling and a lot of shortening of names so yes. that you could read what was in these dialogues. Trying box. to keep all of your conventions really short so yeah. you could see enough to make the right decision. I put this in. I just thought it, it sounded funny. Add a 3D look to your layouts. <laughs> That's what FileMaker wrote in the manual. <laughs> Before that, which 3D was that's the way you designed. It was very, yeah. very common at the time. Um, we would have to layer, draw lines and layer them and group them and to, mm -hmm. to give things shadows and right. you had to do that piece by piece. And then resizing, everything would get all oh, messed up because yeah. they didn't all Things didn't resize at the dynamically. same. Right. FileMaker 5 gave us value lists based on related data. That was new, groundbreaking. Yeah. Before then, I don't know, what on earth did we do? Everything was... Well, you just had really long value lists. Yeah. Or you didn't use them. Or, you, you know, you'd have to have some other way of getting data. It really was just mostly really long lists, and you could potentially pick a value that wasn't appropriate because you couldn't isolate. FileMaker 4. FileMaker 4. Oh, open URL and send mail. We're in FileMaker 4. And I thought that was the coolest thing, that we could talk to something outside of FileMaker so easily. Yeah, the workaround before that? You'd have to use, what, Apple Events or something, because there was the send oh, right. event step, but you had very limited control over what information you could pass to an external program. And I don't think that that was cross-platform. That was Mac only. So if you were on Windows, you couldn't even do any of those things. And you'd also have to know how to write with AppleScript to be able to make something happen outside of FileMaker. Right. FileMaker 4, rotate objects <laughs> by 90 degrees, which today they've expanded it. No, they haven't. You can, still only, <laughs> you can still only rotate by 90 degrees. And for yeah. me, what's, what's the rotating? It goes, does it go clockwise? I think so. It goes clockwise, which I've always wanted it to go counterclockwise. <laughs> I, I, whatever. So we got rotate objects, and the only thing you could do before that was you know drop an image on the screen that had that was an image of text turned sideways. Right, exactly. <laughs> you could, You'd have to do it outside of FileMaker and just insert it as an image. Yeah. 
and import from Excel, which I believe we had import from CSVs. Yes. So not too hard to deal with. You'd get it out of export from Excel into CSV and then bring it in that way. Right. But it's always nice when you can reduce a step. And FileMaker 3, this is the only other. I didn't go back further. <laughs> There's no, we don't have notes from Neshoba. <laughs> we worked on solutions prior to FileMaker 3. I yes. mean, I know I did. I, I started I on, on FileMaker Roman numeral 2. Yeah. So there was Roman numeral 2 before there was ever FileMaker 1. And that's where I started. But 3 gave us relational capability. Which, again, was, was FileMaker's terminology at the time, mm -hmm. relational capability. So we could have one file related to another file, and we could have lookups. And we were given the powerful script steps of if, else. <laughs> <laughs> we were given window control, which included freeze, refresh, toggle status area, and zoom level. We were given show message. We didn't have show message before 3. Before three, <laughs> I did not make any complex solutions. No, I mean, everything was very flat. Yeah, it was very flat. It, it had to be. That was that was the only way that it worked. And we got the button tool in layout mode. Yeah, I thought, I remember thinking how cool buttons were. Yeah. I just, I went crazy with buttons when they first appeared. Because it's like, ooh, now I can put that script with this button. You would and... see so many solutions with buttons all over the screen. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, well, you don't see it as much now, but sometimes you'll see a layout and you're like, why are there, why is there a button for everything? And why are they all <laughs> different bright colors and such? Well, we didn't have a color palette. And again, anyone that used FileMaker way back then and then wasn't, was not a developer, just used it in their business and then mm -hmm. they upgraded when they were forced to because of operating system upgrades, then they still, you, you still run into this where there's, Buttons just all over the screen to do everything. That's why. Don't don't hate on those people. <laughs> they, that, that was the tools they had to work with. Buttons are our friends. And that's when go to related record came up because we had relationships now. Yeah. So we got GTR. FileMaker has come a really long way. It really has. In the almost 30 years we've been playing with it. But I'm really glad we don't have to do a lot of the things we used to have to do. The time involved is staggering. Yeah, nowadays I, I can build a fully functioning solution. I mean, it might not be perfect, but it's functional in hours. And even though you could do things like that back then, it was just so much more limited. So starting with FileMaker and sticking with it paid off. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of us have made our career with it. You know, it's a love-hate relationship. There have been frustrations along the way, but overall, it's been a good career choice. On any platform, I don't know any developer that's been doing anything for a long time that says, oh, you know what it's been? Smooth sailing from day one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No one ever says that. You're right. No. Every platform has its weaknesses and engineering frustrations. This was a long one, as podcasts go for us. Was it? It was. But it was good. I think it was. I think that was a lot of fun. It was. It was fun strolling down memory lane, having some flashbacks, and a nice end of the year wrap up. Yeah, this will be the last podcast for twenty eighteen. <laughs> yeah, wait, <laughs> what year are we in? <laughs> <laughs> on the next one, starting in twenty nineteen, Teresa will be back. Well, thanks for inviting me on today. Oh, I'm glad you could come over. Well, I hope you have a good new year. Thank you. You too. I hope all the listeners have a healthy happy prosperous 2019 absolutely if you want to 
wish us a happy, healthy, prosperous 2019, you can send an email to offtherecord at profiledevelopers.com. If you would like to reach Beth, you can reach her at... My email is beth.latta, that's L-A-T-T-A, at itsolutions-inc.com. Okay, well, thanks, and thank you, everyone, for listening this year. We really appreciate it. Take care. Happy New Year. Bye-bye. Happy New Year.